Hello and welcome to Raise the Room podcast. I'm your host, Danica. Here at Raise the Room, we are trying to consciously raise our kids, re-raise ourselves, and by doing so, raise the vibe of any room we walk into simply with our authenticity. Now let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Raise the Room. I am Danica, your host, and today we are joined by Haley Matches from This Unwasted Life. Haley is an alcohol-free coach. She primarily helps women in their journey to figuring out how alcohol does or doesn't fit into their lives. And this episode, we get into Haley's story and her message, which is just so special. She's all about bringing more joy into your life and living a more aligned life. And for her, it came when she decided to remove alcohol from her life. What is also really special is that Haley is like my pseudo little sister. My family and I moved to a new community when I turned seven. And the whole plan was my dad was going to open an Italian restaurant. We moved back to my mom's hometown, a small town. And eventually we were going to build a house. So we had to get a rental property in the meantime. And we rented this duplex and Haley's family lived behind and we lived in the front of the duplex. And Haley's the same age as my younger sister and they quickly became best buddies. And she just, what you need to know about Haley is that she is so easy to laugh with. Like she is just a little, a joy bubble herself and I have so many fond memories of her being over at our house and we have all of these dumb inside jokes from us just being silly together. I mean, she was my sister's best friend, but at the same time, you know, it was always fun when she was there. So yeah, I just look back on that time so fondly with Haley and it's really neat to see her life come full circle. There was a period of time where we weren't really in each other's lives anymore. We're just as adults and, you know not talking very much and it's been so special as she has created this community online called this unwasted life to reconnect and so special to see that element of that joyful little girl that I knew be present now in her adult life I think what she's doing is really inspiring and yeah honestly it was just so fun to connect with her because when I think about Haley she brings a smile to my face So this is an interview that I think you are really going to enjoy. Um, We do have a little bit of audio issues that we fix. So it's not if you're hearing some little like sounds, um, those will go away eventually. We figure it out. So I just want to put that out there to those of you that are like me, you know, eye twitching, listening to, (laughs) to something like that if it's going on. Haley is also our first manifester on the podcast. So in the beginning, when I go over her human design, this is new. So far, you've heard me talk about manifesting generators, generators, and projectors. And Haley is one of the 8 or 9% of the population that is a manifester. So I think even just listening to her human design is interesting. And it's so cool to see how it truly matches up with her life it's actually there's so many times in the podcast where I interrupt her to like tell her why she does or doesn't do something which is probably insufferable but I just wanted to say that so that you knew that 
we're getting some new information coming our way. In any case, I really hope you enjoy this lovely interview with my longtime little sister, Haley, from This Unwasted Life. Okay, Bo Bayless, Haley, we're here. I'm so excited for us to podcast again together because I already did yours a while ago. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Danica. And I'd love, even though I've already said something about you, for you to introduce yourself to the roomies. Hello, roomies. <laughs> my, name, <laughs> my name is Haley Matches. I am a sober coach and a lover of living a joyful life and a, a life that you love. And removing alcohol is something that completely shifted that for me. I love to work with people to get them there. And I'm located in Vancouver, BC. And I have a dog that I love and a partner. I was going to say like, come on, talk about the dog. Yeah. Louie. She's a, a female Louie and I love her. She's my dog tur. I have no children yet myself. So I've never heard that. I love a dog tur. That's so <laughs> <Yeah>. cute. <laughs> cute, right? So good. And she is your dog tur because you've had to really commit to this dog tur who drools all over your back seat of your car incessantly. I mean, that <laughs> that's a bit much. It happens every time too. So I don't know what her issue is with the car. I think because when we got her, she had a pretty traumatic drive. So it must have hurt her. Yeah. So we need to uh, get her more used to that. But Sorry, it's very I'm just, wet. <laughs> just like hearing your dirty laundry right from the get-go. I'm like, her no. back seat is covered in saliva, everybody. <laughs> it's the truth. Oh, so cute. Okay. Well, I'm so excited you're here and to chat. We don't get to chat enough as our, you know, adult lives have evolved. So it's nice to get to spend some time with you. And I want to enlighten everybody, of course, about your human design because you are a very special human, as we all are, but you're extra special. <laughs> you're a manifester and you're our first manifester on Raise the Room. So I'm really excited to talk to people and, and speak to what the manifester type is. So Haley is a one, three emotional manifester. Let's start with manifestors. Manifestors are the only type that can create energy from nothing. So their gifts are to bring newness into the world, whether that's new ideas, new products, new movements, new ways of being, whatever it is, you have the ability to create and generate yeah, new things. So manifestors are extremely powerful, bold um, types. And we feel that when they're around them, their auras are have a very big, strong presence. Um, <laughs> and it's said that when uh, manifestors are born, like their parents from the get-go can feel that their child is unique. Like they almost feel this little auric field around them. It's like, whoa, <laughs> what's happened here? Who are they? So it's really amazing to be in the presence of a manifester because they've always got constantly have ideas kind of flowing in. They're meant to pivot and change their minds a lot. And your life often as a manifester is about going from like one project or interest to the next, which knowing you, that's totally what your trajectory has been, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what's so cute is that manifestors are all about initiating sparks in themselves and others, sparks of change. And I love that because your last name is Matches. 
That's so cool. I know. <laughs> what are the chances? I love it so much. So the okay, let's move on then because that is the manifester type. And I remember when I talked to you about it, like manifestors are only, I think it's like eight or nine percent of the population. So you're really unique. And you have this ability to um, create change really quickly and create newness really quickly. But what's interesting about the manifestor type is, is you have the ability to do all of these things quickly and be very powerful, but you're not actually meant to like go hard all the time. You're similar to us projectors in that you need a ton of alone time. You need a ton of downtime. Manifestors are fiercely independent, like to a point where the people in their life feel like it's a fault, <laughs> even though it's just part of your nature to do things your way. So I'm curious how that feels for you to kind of know that you have the ability to go, 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 or that you might feel the urge to go, 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 but that it's actually in your design to just like do that when it feels right, but then to really hang back and lie low and rest when you're body's calling for you to do so. This all speaks to me. It speaks the truth. It's just me in a nutshell. (laughs) It really is. I mean, I love to go, go, go. And something that I've been working on as of late is embracing the, the periods I need by myself, because Mm -hmm. for so long I thought, why am I feeling like this? Mm -hmm. Why do I need to be alone? Is Mm -hmm. there something wrong? You know? And so I've, I've been working on embracing those lows, Mm -hmm. so to speak, and Mm -hmm. embracing that time alone, because uh, so much of me is go, go, go. And, and in my work and in my day to day, I want to, you know, fill the day. Mm -hmm. I really do have like an up and down I don't want to say personality, but like, I just, I'm up and down in the ways that I, my energy flows. Yes. Well, that's the next part of your, of your profile, because yes, to all of that in regards to being a manifester, but then on top of that, you're an emotional manifester, which means that you do have an up and down sort of wave of moods that you live through mm-hmm. internal they often don't have any bearing on what's actually going on in your life. It's just like some days you wake up and you're blue and some days you wake up and you're great. Some days you wake up and you're in the neutral. And um, being an emotional manifester or an emotional manifesting generator, you two share this, you two types, is you have this nature to change things quickly and you have ideas and pivot quickly and do things quickly. But when you're emotional, the key to alignment in your life is actually taking time with your decisions Mm -hmm. and letting yourself like ride out those ups and downs before you commit to things. And it's a real um, innate tension sometimes that emotional manifestors and manifesting generators live in because it's this like desire to move forward with things and go and jump on things when really the best opportunities and the best alignment for you will come when you sit back and you wait a little bit for clarity. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for saying this because this is so active in my life right now. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I say yes to so many things and I don't think about it before I say yes. And I've been working on this, like exactly these things that we're talking about right now, which is too funny because I do have to remind myself to just think about it. Mm -hmm. Even today I had a call earlier and I was like, you know what, give me 24 hours. I'll get back to you, you know, or, 
And so I'm really trying to work on that before I just say, yep. Okay. Um, because I do find that when I say, okay, and I jump into things or, I, you know, um, don't take the time to think about it. It really disrupts my inner something like something yeah. doesn't, I, I'm not aligned. Yes. Something just doesn't feel right. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough though. It's I tough because boy, in those moments, I just want to say, sure, let's Heck do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, here's where, like when I'm talking to my clients who are sharing the same sentiment, because you're not alone. This is very common for like 50% of our population because 50% of our population do have emotional authority. Um, often when you're reacting from a place of your emotional high. So you're in your high, you have a more tendency to say yes and jump on things. Um, I've been told, and I'm not emotional, so I don't know, but that the yes in your body will feel more of like a rush, like an adrenalized yes. Like, yeah, I've got to jump on this. I really want to. And it sort of lives in that frenetic sort of space. Whereas when you wait it out, and I always coach my clients to like, as an emotional authority, get used to saying, that sounds like a great opportunity. Can I get back to you in a day or two? Just like you said. So that's mm-hmm. something to really include in your like regular dialogue. Um, after you've waited it out a bit and you still are feeling into the decision, if it's still a yes, it will feel like a yes still, but more of a calm centered, like, okay, yeah, this is the right choice as opposed to like, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. I need to capitalize on this now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That makes total sense. Cause even just the feeling that you're mm-hmm. referring to inside when you get that, mm-hmm. um, that buzz. Yeah. I get that. Yes. <laughs> I really get that. Yeah. So, yeah. wow. Wow. This is so cool. Well, that's good. So you can pay attention, you know, to that now because then, then what happens alternatively too, is when you're in the low of your wave, um, often emotional people with emotional authority have a tendency to shut down opportunities or say no, or shut people out when they're just like, and I mean, that's a protective thing. You may just need your space to be alone and, and hang out. And, but then what happens is, is then after you kind of come out of that fog, you're like, wait, I think I actually wanted to do that or, you know, I should have thought about that or left the door open somehow. So it, it works both ways. Yeah. Great reminder. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep this in the back of my mind. <laughs> yes. Good. So then we'll talk about your profile. You're a one three, which actually it did surprise me. I, um, I mean, obviously I don't, I don't um, know the ins and outs of your daily life, but we were also talking about this before we started recording about, you being a one, so a first line, first line people are all about gathering a whole bunch of information so that they have a solid foundation to stand on. They often are our classic Google junkies or there are forever academics or they're the people who are constantly consuming content of whatever it is that they love. So, you know, like for you, let's say we go with this idea of living an alcohol-free life, then as a one, you may like have a whole bunch of podcasts you listen to or books that you, you know, absorb or people that you connect with who know a lot because the more knowledge you have, the more safety and security you feel, Mm -hmm. which is then an interesting sort of um, 
opposite side to your third line as your one three because the third lines are the people here who just have to like do things their own way and jump in even if it means making mistakes and learning through those mistakes so I like to say the one three line instead of like you know that saying fuck around and find out Mm. the one three is sort of a find out but then fuck around (laughs) (laughs) it's like okay or my mentor used to say it's like when you're learning to ride a bike, you know, they gather all the information on what the best bike is, how to do it, what the best helmet is. And then they just have to like buckle up and go for the ride. Yes. Yep. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. That's me in a nutshell. It really is. Even with, even with removing alcohol from my life, I didn't, mm. that's the thing. Like you mentioned a one, three, I think I lean more towards the three Yeah. because I kind of just dive in mm-hmm. and then learn yes. and then and then figure it out as I'm going more so than researching ahead of time. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of just what I did with alcohol. Yeah. Oh, and figured is, it out as I went. This is a great segue because we're going to jump into your story. And oh. to me, what it sounds like is, is your manifestor urge to just like follow the ping that you get and jump into something new, maybe takes over your need for information or um, security in the way of like knowing things. Maybe you just feel like you need to follow what your intuition is telling you because then you'll, you'll figure it out. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Sounds right. Yeah. Well, I'd love um, my manifestor friend for you to explain to people like what brought you to this point in your life, because it's a pretty amazing and unique story. And Oh, damn. I always do this when I talk to you. I get emotional about it (laughs) just because I knew you as a little girl. So it's pretty cool to see where you are. Thanks, Danica. I'm tearing up as well. I know. (laughs) We have known each other for quite some time. How long? 28 years? Oh, my God. So long. Yeah, I was seven. That's right. Jeez, I'm also getting my period. This is just making me realize. So am I. (laughs) (laughs) God damn. Water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Water. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so I, yes, my life has changed quite a bit in the last <laughs> few years. Yeah. So I don't know where to start. I'll start by giving a bit of a backstory about my life. Mm-hmm. I grew up, um, I had a great, I had a great childhood. I grew up with my mom and my sister who was eight years older than me. I met the Cedas when I was four living on the Sunshine Coast. We shared, um, was it a duplex or I was in the bottom? You were, you guys had the main part. Yeah, it was a duplex. You were behind us and we were in front and just FYI, Cedar is my maiden name. So that's, you know, that's my family, which is, I'm still a Cedar at heart. I love it, but I'm just explaining to people in case they don't know what you're talking about. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <course>. Yeah. <laughs> so Grew up, had a, had a really great childhood. The only difference for me was that I didn't have a a father figure. My father figure came from my grandfather and my uncles, which was great. Um, and moved around quite a bit as a, as a young person. Um, not a ton. I think I went to, I moved from the Sunshine Coast to Whistler. Yeah. So yeah. And, and, um, I, yeah, grew up without a father and then as a teenager, I was diagnosed with, um, 
uh, progressive neuropathy. It's hereditary. It's known as CMT. And essentially what it is, is um, the use of my arms and my lower legs. Um, it starts to decrease. So my muscle mass starts to decrease. And, you know, a lot of people in this, um, with this illness, um, need support to walk, need support with their hands. And, um, it essentially just takes away the use or the, the movement in, mm-hmm. in your limbs. So with that being said, I, I am at a spot, you know, I guess that's 30, uh, 15, eight, 17 years after my diagnosis, I'm still not using anything for support. So I'm in a really great spot. Um, but it did kind of derail my, my teenage life. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I was, took, sorry. Were you about like 15 or something when that, when you heard it, found out about this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was 15 and you know, I, I, it took a while for them to diagnose it. We didn't know anyone in my family had it and then figured out, Oh, actually we do have it. And that we figured that out after I was diagnosed, actually, wow. everyone went and got tested. Um, and of course this is on my mom's side because I don't know yeah anyone in my in my father's side so I took that hard and I pretended it it didn't exist and I Mm -hmm. kind of pushed it down and and because of that I relied on alcohol for a lot more than I realized at the time but yeah I really began to uh drink have more uh, well like pretty heavy but not Mm -hmm. heavy being like every day it it became um when I did drink I had a hard time stopping and Mm. really didn't like the person I became with it and so and then at 19 I ended up reconnecting with that father uh I call him my sperm donor Mm -hmm. and um didn't go so well so there were just a few moments in my teenage life that kind of derailed me in a way. And, um, I finally realized and don't get me wrong. I I had a, I have a great life and I love my teenage years and I love my twenties, but there was something inside of me that really was not happy. And it was because I wasn't embracing, um, who I am. Mm -hmm. I really wasn't, I was Uh trying to pretend I was someone I wasn't. And, um, I finally decided after, years of ups and downs of taking breaks from alcohol and then, you know, um, battling depression and, um, just really trying to figure out who I am. I decided to quit booze altogether. And, Mm. and that was at age 28. And I haven't looked back because Mm. it's so much felt aligned to who I am to not have that, um, that substance in my body at all. Yeah. And it clicked and I did try quite a few times in my, my twenties, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't just a one time one and done thing. It, yeah. it, it took me a while cause I didn't want to accept it because yes. alcohol is just so common in our society. And yes. yeah, so I struggled, but I, I had a really great upbringing and I worked in the film industry. So I started the film industry and it very much aligned with my lifestyle. And again, I, I was very much a social drinker, but didn't have an off switch. Yeah. And so that's, that's where my struggle was. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, I can see how all of my, the, the events in my youth, how that affected my drinking and maybe why I didn't have that off switch. Mm -hmm. I recognize that far more now than I ever did while I was drinking. In fact, I didn't even recognize yeah. it at all. Right. 
Yeah. And, and so the film industry was um, a great industry for me at that time. I loved it. The thrill of it. It was go, go, go all the time, long days, um, excitement every day. And as soon as I quit drinking, I, something changed in me. I mean, so many things changed in me, but one of the big things was what do I desire in this life? What are my goals and my dreams and who do I want to be? Because Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden I had to figure out who that was. Mm -hmm. And I I continued working in film for a bit, but something clashed, like something just didn't feel right. So I ultimately made the decision last fall to leave, um, leave the film industry and start a new chapter of working with individuals and helping them with their relationships with alcohol and really helping them build a life that they, that they love. And that, that brings them joy because for so long I was, I was living a life that didn't give me that, Mm. you know, and um, didn't give me that joy. So there was lots of little pieces in that story that I probably didn't touch on, but um, life just feels so much more aligned for me now than it ever has being uh, four and a half years without alcohol and working in this new world, um, in, in coaching and in the sober space, I'm very active and yeah, I've um, made a lot of great connections. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what a, brought a you me. Yeah. Here today. Um, I also think it's important to acknowledge that like when you left the community that we knew each other from on the Sunshine Coast, you moved up to Whistler, which was obviously a, a world-renowned ski resort town, mm-hmm. um, very affluent area for the people that live there. Not that you and your mom were necessarily in that crowd in that way, but you went to school with all of them. And so I remember you saying um, – in like your podcast, just like how normal alcohol consumption was there. And especially even for the teens, maybe at like an earlier age than other areas, just because it was sort of that affluent, easily accessible lifestyle. Does that make, does that resonate with you? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, the norm was yeah. The norm was to drink at 13, I would say even some people at 12. Yeah, like that shocks me because, I mean, I think drinking is normal everywhere. It's totally normalized everywhere. It's like an ingrained part of our society, which is what makes stopping so difficult. But 12 and 13, like I would say even as a teacher, that's that's for a certain maybe handful of kids in each grade, but it's not the norm for a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. You know, wild. I will say it might have not been the majority of people. It might have just been the crowd that I hanged up, I hung out with. Yeah, thirteen again, right? Takes me right back. Yeah, I. But overall, it was it was a pretty big group because we went to high school in the seventh grade. We grew yeah. up a little quicker. There were yes. so many events, so many people, so many kids, teenagers in Whistler for competitions yes. and that was just so much of the culture. Yeah. It's a party town. It's a party town. It totally yeah. is. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's really how I started to socialize in my teenage years. And, and by starting drinking at 13, it wasn't like, okay, now we're drinking all the time. It was yeah. like here and there experimental. And then by, I would say 15, it was far more 
regular with socializing like parties and whatnot. Um, but that also came at a pretty pivotal time in my, in my life too. So we didn't get along me and alcohol Mm -hmm. and that's when it started. Please excuse me while I interrupt myself to talk to you about ways that you can work with me, Danica. You can sign up for a human design session with me where we go over your chart in depth, either a level one or a level two reading for those of you that have a little bit of base knowledge already. You can also sign up for a reading to get your own chart and your child's chart read or really any secondary chart if you'd rather it be your partner. All of these sessions are in-depth overviews of your human design for those of you that want to go deep in understanding your design. For those of you that just want to dip your toe in the water, especially in regards to understanding your children, I have human design parenting courses. These courses are tools to put in your toolkit to try and understand the little humans that you are raising in regards to their type in human design. These courses are broken down into four easily digestible segments, totaling about 30 to 40 minutes each. You can stop and start when you like, and we'll walk away with practical strategies for how to work with your child's design instead of against them. I've put a lot of love into these videos, both in my understanding of human design, but also my understanding of children from being an elementary school teacher and a mother going through the thick of it just like you. When you purchase these courses, you're then also given access to what's called the remainder reading where I go over the main elements of your child's chart, which then equates to having a full level one reading done of them. This reading is only available if you've already bought the human design parenting course. It's very exclusive. Even though my website is currently under construction, this is still where you will be able to book a reading and find the courses, danicamarie.com. That's Danica with a C or in my Instagram bio link tree at raise.the.room on Instagram. All right, enough of me. Let's get back to the episode, which I guess is more me. Okay, so I want to backtrack again a little bit because the people are listening and they're hearing you just chose to stop alcohol, right? Like you kind of one day just stopped and didn't really look back, which is, yes, you had tried a couple other times, but it just stuck for whatever reason when you were 28, which is like the most manifester thing I've ever heard. And I've said that to you before. It's like, this is what I'm going to do now. Just so independent force of nature. I'm going to do it. And you did it, which is so great. I'm I'm curious um, because your story is unique in that it doesn't necessarily sound like you hit like a rock bottom, so to say, before needing to change. And so there's a few pieces of the puzzle. If you don't feel, if you don't mind sharing, like what was it like for the relationships in your life? And specifically, because I know how close you are with Steph, the wonder woman, Steph, your mom, I'm curious what her view was of all of that too. If you don't mind answering that question twofold, because it wasn't like this moment where, you know, like you woke woke up somewhere and was like, Oh God, (laughs) I need to change something or maybe it was, but, um, yeah, your story is, is I think unique or maybe it's more common than I know. I don't know. Enlighten me. Yes. Happy to share. Happy Mm -hmm. to share an open book. First part was the relationship. So Mm -hmm. I kept friendships through my twenties. Mostly Mm -hmm. I would say, obviously like a few didn't last. I, I found that anyone that 
judged or, or, um, spoke up about my lifestyle, I tended to push away from. Mm, Okay. So I will say that my relationships were strong, but there were times that friends spoke up about, oh, maybe there's something more going on here. Mm, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't say I hit this massive rock bottom, Mm -hmm. but I would say that I had many like, you know, parse hard surface bottoms, Yeah, (laughs) not rock, but a few things, you know, like a few times I was not in a good spot, but because I was so convinced that I needed alcohol in my life. And I was, it was just so part of who I was and this person that I had, um, become, I suppose Mm -hmm. I didn't really question it in a a sense that like, I need to get rid of it forever. Yeah. In fact, even when I stopped drinking, I, I, I tend to not look at anything as forever it's today. Yeah. And I I still look at it that, that way. That doesn't mean I'm going to drink tomorrow because I like my life without it, but you know, I I very much live by the day. So, so with my relationships, I definitely had my ups and downs, you know, um, I, I came with, I often came with chaos <laughs> and, um, and as we do in our twenties, like, let's yeah. be real, you know, yeah. like, I mean, not that, not to belittle your thing, but I, I want to like rub shoulders with you because like, we're all fucking hot messes in our twenties sometimes, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. great. Like a hot mess. Totally. Yeah. I, you know, like I like to dance on tables and yeah. act ridiculous and just, you yeah. know, it, that wasn't for everyone. And yeah. I, I get that. And I, I understand that. And I'm, I'm very happy to have reconnected with mm-hmm. friendships at present because our, our lives very much align, you yeah. know, like those, those, I feel like those friendships that are meant to last do. And mm-hmm. sometimes you just have that break when, yeah when the relationship doesn't align, but with, with Steph, my mom, my superwoman, my mother, father, just the best. She, she noticed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She saw me when I was at my lowest, when I was struggling with depression, I was also drinking a lot. And so she, you know, had that conversation with me a couple times, but yeah. it came from my mom and, and love you mom. But as a 20 something year old, it wasn't my mom that I wanted to listen to (laughs) just to be real. Like I I love her and I appreciated it, but, and I appreciate it so much more now, but it was, it was not taken as, as seriously as I, I, it should have been, but I chalk that up to being a 20 something year old. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Individual. So I um I want to interrupt in the sense that like for manifestors you're you have a difficulty with your parents a lot of the time in the sense that it's a weird dynamic because manifestors should really be allowed to like do what they want to do and so the parent child relationship with manifestors can be tricky because like the best way you can foster that you know energy that a manifestor has as the parent is to kind of let them call the shots and because of that, often manifestors really hate being told what to do. 
you know, it's like, don't. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, yes, projectors are the same way. I'm sure my husband, if he's listening, is like, no shit. But <laughs> <laughs> but then and then also on top of that, you were talking about your um, friendships that are made to last. They will come back around as a third line. One of the themes in your life is called bonds made and bonds broken. And because you learn through experience as a third line, you often magnetize relationships that hit bumps in the road. And they're meant to serve you with opportunities to figure out whether the relationship is one that is meant to be mended and move forward with, or it's one that's meant to remain broken and learn from and just like leave it as is. So for you, it's so beautiful to hear that you've had people in your life come back around because that's that bonds mended thing. They were meant to you know, and this is a truth for all people, but it's heightened when you have that third line in human design. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, I think there's a stereotypical sort of road or story that we hear about getting to sobriety. And I feel like it's so refreshing to hear something that's a little bit more unique where you're like, it was just sort of a culmination of moments and time feeling like, not myself feeling like who am I that then led you to this change, which is so amazing because I think a lot of people would have just continued on autopilot. Mm-hmm. I will, I will say that, um, you know, I, I, I did really struggle. I, I, I struggled to figure out who I wanted to be. I really did. And, mm-hmm. and finally I realized that common theme that was stopping me from getting there was alcohol and, It, it wasn't, you know, it led me to bad decisions. It led me to anxiety, like after drinking, even if it wasn't a lot, even if I just had a couple glasses of wine, I would feel so awful the next day and have Mm. this, what they call anxiety, the hangover anxiety. Like Mm. sometimes that would last a few days and then drinking the next weekend. Like my, I saved my my drinks for the weekend because mm-hmm. I worked a busy week for the most part, unless there was an event or something. And so that never really ended like that every weekend Hamster wheel. cycle. Yeah. Yes. It, it really continued. So I, I, something changed for me also when I was 28, I was at the casino with a friend and I love this story because I was very intoxicated. Me and my friend were not celebrating, but getting over a breakup that she had just gone through. And we're like, let's go to the casino, not somewhere where we ever go, but this is something different. So she was playing craps or something. (laughs) I I honestly, it's still not, we're not sure. Yeah. (laughs) And she was losing money is what she was doing. (laughs) Pretty much. Yes. And I was just cheering her on because I don't play. Yeah. (laughs) And I see this person walking down the casino and something just drew me to him. It was like automatically, it was a magnet. It's just yeah. this magnet force. He came over. And from that point on, we have not left each other's side. And that was almost five years ago. And it's really, it's really as simple as that. Like we were together immediately mm-hmm. and could not stay away from each other. And we're still, still very much like that. And he yeah is someone that I stopped drinking with. So, yeah, so cool. 
Yeah. What's different. You know, a lot of people that decide, okay, I'm removing a substance. I need the support. I need the help, which is so important because it's not easy Mm -hmm. because I had him and I had that support, someone that I could talk to that, that got it Mm -hmm. because we were going through it together. That made the process not easy, but easier because I had that person to talk to and to connect about it. So that's, that's something that's so special to me because we're, we're both on this path together and it's, Mm -hmm. I'm not so alone, which I know a lot of people can feel when they decide to stop drinking because they don't, I didn't know anyone else that didn't drink, you know, like that it's just so common. So something that I love about the sober space and even using the word sober has such a stigma towards it because it's like, Oh, you're sober. You must've had a really bad problem. You must've mm-hmm. ended up in jail or on the, you know, yeah. like, there's this, there's this stigma around it and everyone's story is so different. And some mm-hmm. people just don't like the way that it makes them feel and decide to stop drinking and, and identify as sober or as alcohol free or, as however they want. And that's, what's so beautiful about it because there it's not black and white. And I think we thought that for so long because the only place to go to get help was AA and there's nothing wrong with AA. It helps Mm -hmm. a ton of people. I have loved ones it's helped, but it wasn't for me that, Mm -hmm. that, that community wasn't for me. And I know it's not for a lot of people because it's scary. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work for everybody, but nowadays there's so many resources and great communities out there of people living their best lives without booze, regardless if they hit a rock bottom or not, they just don't like the way it makes them feel. Yes. And so that's what I, I, I love. And so now I'm connected with so many communities that I wasn't in the beginning. If I was, it would have been so much easier, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I, they didn't really exist at that time. No, like I think it's blown up in the last little while. There's so much more um, coming across our social media feeds just about this lifestyle. And I know like for me, as I've be- gotten older and become a mother and I'm up at the butt crack of dawn every day and, you know, you just get into your 30s and even sometimes just having one glass of wine the next day means like I have anxiety and I feel like shit. It's like I I hardly have alcohol anymore. And that's just naturally happened because like the benefits are not outweighing <laughs> the cons right. anymore. It does not feel good. So you know, it has to be a really special something for me to feel like, yeah, okay, I'll have this, but it's a total one drink thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that happens for a lot of people just as their life progresses naturally, where it like no longer fits in, you know, especially in the the parenting world. But it's cool that there's such a community for people who maybe aren't in that phase of their life and so the opportunities to go out, be with friends, drinking are still so ever present. I mean, God, I never get to go out anymore, right? Like that's not something I face, you know, like it's literally me deciding if I'm going to have a drink on the couch in the evenings, like, and that's just not, I've never done that. So I think it's so special that there are these resources and there's people like you um, sharing online about this. And you always share the best um, booze-free cocktails and drinks. Like I swear your Instagram makes me thirsty. (laughs) Really? Because you always are like trying new, you know, mocktails or, or like showing us your delicious iced coffee that I'm like, heck yeah. So it's neat because there also is, while there's more emotional support, there's also more physical like choices in the world now too. Right? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's so cool. In the last like three years since COVID really, it really yeah. changed things. And this market is booming. Yes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to quote the statistics because I don't know the exact number, but it is significantly increased. Yes. And I've, I've, um, you know, try a lot of these different alcohol-free brands because that very much works for me. And I know yes. it doesn't for everybody, but I love, I love having a drink. I love yeah. having something in my hand. I love that social yes. cheers. Let's celebrate life. And, and I like to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Connection. Yeah. And, and very, my message is very much like, you don't need alcohol to do that. Yes. And because there are so many great options that even if you're just reducing your alcohol intake in a night, you have something that you can switch out with. That's not like a diet Coke or a yes. whatever they Cran have and it. soda. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> At the bar. Yeah. And, and oh my gosh, some of the alcohol free beers yeah. and, and cocktails, there's just so much. It's yeah. I love it. I just love it. That's so great too. I know. I I agree. I love getting myself some um, booze-free drinks to bring somewhere. Actually, one that I've talked about on my Instagram before that I still love that's not booze-ish at all, but I love those kite sparkling teas. Have you tried those yet? Kite? Is it called? Yeah. It's a K-Y-T-E. And it's like a, like a cold tea in a can, but it's also sort of, I think they've got like ashwagandha and stuff I in them. Like they're super yummy, but they're not sweet. Cause I, I also try and avoid sugar as much as I can. Cause whatever. And those ones don't have any sweetener in it. So for a non-sweet alcoholic drink, I love those non-alcoholic mm. drink. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple, they've got like hibiscus and an, like a citrusy one, but yeah, and they're Canadian made in Ontario. I was going to ask, is it a mm -hmm. Canadian brand? It's awesome. Yeah. You can get them at save on, um, and then other like specialty stores, but that's the big chain they're in. Ooh, yeah. thank you. So good. And let's also touch on the fact that your handle is genius. Like as a teacher over here, I love a double entendre. I love a pun. This unwasted life. How did you come up with that? It's so good. Thank you. Dana. Yeah. I did you Google it? No, 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 <laughs> no, I, I honestly can't remember. So yeah. I actually over COVID out of boredom because I lost my job um, or we, we went on a hiatus in the film industry. Right. I, I start, I thought, what should I do? And I, I started blogging, but under the name, so 30, which was sober at 30, I was turning 30 that year. Right. And so I, that's how I kind of dove into the Instagram world and, and blogging and kind of the, that side of things, which I hadn't done really before in that way. And so when I started working heavily back in film again, I ended up deleting all of that. Mm. And I stepped away from all of that for about eight or nine months. And um, I, it was actually at that point where I realized, no, I'm meant to be in that space. I'm yeah. meant to connect with people in that space. That's when I feel, felt like something wasn't aligning in my, in my work and my job and my life. I, I was also not really talking about that. I, I was sober because yes. people had known me as this like party girl in that industry. And that's how I, um, networked and met people. And so it just didn't, it just didn't feel right. And so yeah. I went you, back. You had your inside life and your outside life. Yeah. 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 It just didn't feel, just didn't feel good. And so then I came up with this on wasted life and I, I, 
don't exactly know. I remember I was sitting at the table thinking about things and, and came up with a few names, but I like this one because it, you know, it means that I'm not wasted anymore. Um, a, a part of it kind of means like my, my neuropathy and, and ha- that it's progressive and that I do notice changes, uh-huh. day, small changes. Like I'm not living a wasted life in that way, which I feel has a, a close place to my heart because for so long I didn't accept, yeah. didn't accept that diagnosis. So yeah. I will say also, as soon as I stopped drinking, all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay, I have this and what a gift it is and yeah. let's embrace it and, and meet people with it. And like, let's connect and, and learn as much as I can and learn as many things that could maybe slow down the progression and, and, and really started to dig into living a healthy life. So mm-hmm. So yeah, this unwasted life just means so much. Obviously I'm not getting wasted and I I feel like I'm living each day as meaningful as possible, whether that's laying low and (laughs) staying that low or staying super busy, um, every day is a gift and, and should not go to waste. So, yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so good. I mean, that was one of my questions you've touched on it. If you could speak a little bit more to how, stepping into this role as somebody that lives an alcohol-free life has brought you more joy and like how, what's the connection there? Yeah. Great question. Mm-hmm. So, or confusing question. I don't know. It could be either way. <laughs> no, no, I love it. I just have to th- think about yeah. this because I do live now such a, such a joyful life, yeah. far more joyful than I could have ever imagined because for so long I wasn't living that way. And I didn't know that, that I could feel this way and that I could live life and love it yeah. um, because really, I didn't love it. I really uh-huh. didn't love it for a long time. Um, and I know the twenties are tough, are tough as they are. So uh-huh. I give myself grace and I'm gentle with myself, but as soon as I stop drinking alcohol and, and, and everything clicked and aligned for me. I just had this abundance of joy Mm. that, that one simple, but very complicated change turned that, turned that around for me. But I also can, I'm also so much more in tune with who I am and in tune with um, my intuition, mm. you know, something that I also kind of stifled, if that's the word yeah, for a long time. And, and joy just feels so much more prevalent now and, and there. Yeah. And it means so much to me. I think joy is a word that if I could pick a word that resembles my life now, that's it. Mm. I yeah. love that so much. And so it's so interesting too, because it's like, you know, there's obviously some direct correlations where you're not experiencing anxiety. And so, or the low that comes after drinking, which robs you of joy. So there's like the, almost the physical direct results of not having it. But then there's also just that opening for finding out who you are and, and leaning into your authenticity because you have more time and space, you can grow to be more assured of yourself. You're not on autopilot. So there's this presence that then brings joy and sort of, because, you know, you touched on this unwasted life with your diagnosis as well. I never even thought about it in that um, capacity, but there's this gratitude that you're emanating that um, 
yeah, always leads to more joy. That's you, you said it best. That's mm. totally it. Gratitude's my other word. I have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can have two. We'll let you have two. <laughs> Oh, okay. So before we get onto our this or that, I would love um, for you to share with people how they can work with you, where to find you, anything you want to share to sort of network with the roomies. Yes. So I can be reached at this unwasted life on Instagram. I'm most active there and on my website, thisunwastedlife.com. I have a resources page on that website. If you're thinking about ditching the drink or reducing your alcohol intake, there's a lot of great podcasts and book ideas. And you can also connect with me there. If you want to learn more about coaching and what that looks like. Um, I offer a free discovery call. It's 30 minutes. We get to know each other and see if it's something that you'd be interested in. There's never any pressure to move forward on that call. We can just connect and, and say hi. Um, and I'm also, a host on a page called the no booze crew and the handle is actually no booze crew not the (laughs) (laughs) it's a group of women that that decided to remove alcohol and we all host on the page and it's a really great resource as well we do free weekly meetings so if you want to join and just get to know some other people that either don't drink or are sober curious it's a it's a really fun time on wednesday evenings and where else? I'm on TikTok, but I'm not active. You're active. I love your TikTok. Oh my gosh. I haven't been, I haven't done anything in weeks, but thanks. I share what I share. My latest idea after being um, away for the weekend, and I told Derek this was that I have an idea to do a TikTok where it's like, tell me you're at your mother or mother-in-law's house without telling me you're at your mother or mother-in-law's house. And then you just zoom in on a used tea bag that's sitting on the counter. <laughs> Does your mom do that? My mom does too. Why? Are you going to use the tea bag twice? Are you? Um, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe it's not it's, accurate. It's to, actually, I don't put it on the side. I put it like right in the sink so it drains out before yeah. I, oh, have to yeah. put it I just like you, anywhere. It's used tea bag in the sink. It's on yes. a spoon on the counter. It's in an old mug. That's or totally- a- <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's me. So you could also put uh, uh, in Haley's house. Haley's house. <laughs> so good. I was just like, I think it's so funny. It's like such a specific site for me. Like when I see that, it's like I'm at my childhood home or and then now my mother-in-law does it. She's a, a, a tea drinker. So always like when I'm out at her house, there's a tea bag somewhere. And I just think it's so oh specific, but <laughs> has nothing to do with my TikTok account. But I was just like, I feel like I should make this. I feel like people can relate. <laughs> I think I think people will relate for sure. Yeah. yeah. So good. Cool. Well, let's end with our this or that question, which I never seem to have ready. Let's get it going, Danica. Here it is. So you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Mountains or beach? Oh. Beach. Know. She's a Vancouver girl, so she's got both. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, beach. It's yeah. gotta be beach. Okay. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Mm-hmm. Duh. Coffee or tea? Coffee. I do okay. like tea, but gotta go with coffee. Iced or hot? Iced. Because I need my coffee at a very like lukewarm temperature. I'm a weirdo and okay. like, hot things hurt. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Lukewarm coffee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Vacation or staycation? Vacation. Mm, passenger or driver? Driver. <laughs> Love it. Manifester. You're like, let me do the fucking thing. Get out of the way. <gasps> okay. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. 
Oh, you were the quickest person to answer that. That one always causes people great stress. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. That is a tough one. one. Attend a party or host a party? Host. I love that. Share food or fingers off my food? Share. Nice. Me too. Although I prefer to share other people's food over my own, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Android or iPhone? iPhone. And the last few are just questions. So what's currently on your nightstand? Uh, books, a lavender pillow spray and a uh, lotion Love it. for my hands. Nice. I think that's it. Oh, and a little like elephant. That was my great, great grandma's. I have a little elephant for my grandma too, carved out of soapstone. Really? Yes. Trunk up because she always, she collected elephants with the trunk up. That was good luck for her. Oh, that's so special. I know. I love them. Um, Okay. One other thing. What is something that you are always craving? Something you're kind of obsessing about or it's like looping in your mind? What's something that takes up a lot of mental headspace for you? Oh, wow. This is a great question. I got to go with like loved ones, family. Yeah. I'm constantly thinking about my, my loved ones. Yeah. That's really sweet. It's a nice answer. Okay. Final thing. What is one hope you have for the future, whether it's your own personal future or the future in general? One hope for the future. I, I hope more people find joy in their lives. I think it's, I think it really is not there in Mm -hmm. a lot of lives, whether it's due to this world of social media that we live in, the comparison game, whether it's giving our energy to a substance or um, not living our true authentic or being our true authentic selves. I, I hope that more people can find happiness and find joy because it's our life is so special. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I think about this, maybe I think about this every day more. Yeah. So it's just, we are so lucky to be here on this ride that what even is this? Mm-hmm. Honestly, sometimes I'm just yeah. like, how, <laughs> what? Yeah. You know? it's just, yeah. Just enjoy it. And, 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 you know, enjoy all the, the ups and downs of the ride. Yeah. Soak it up. Soak it up. I love that. Haley, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And so nice to get to talk to you and hanging out with you. And I hope we get to see each other in the future soon. Near future, definitely. Yay. (laughs) Haley's mom lives um, close to where we're moving. So we're hoping to get to connect more, which is great. Yay. Yay. Well, Haley, I'll put all your information in the show notes so people know where to find you. And this is the time where I share and say, for all that you're doing and all that you are. Thank you for always raising the room. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending your precious time here with me today. If you'd like more, please follow along at raise.the.room on both Instagram and TikTok. Or you can go to my website, danicamarie.com. That's Danica with a C. Here you can book a human design session with me for you or your child, or you can get one of my human design parenting courses that helps you understand your child's human design type. They're designed to help you work with the child you have instead of against them. And finally, if you're still here, this would be the point where I'd ask you to rate and review the podcast, except just saying it out loud makes me want to die. 
So instead, I'll say, please share with a friend. I'd really appreciate it. And finally, let's always remember that with all that you have to offer, you will always raise the room. Can't wait to chat soon. Bye.